This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. All right, so we are in the extension studio here at At 530 on Main podcast. It is March. March Madness is here almost. We have tournaments kicking off here in Evansville, Indiana on the corner. People are out walking the streets. Uh, It is an exciting time to be in Evansville, Indiana. Uh, I'm excited to be on the podcast today with Mr. Mike Davis. How's it going? It's going. Yeah, it's going. All right. Ready for some tournament basketball. Tournament basketball. Yes. Uh, So Mike's from VPS Architecture. Uh, I'm from the Extend Group, founder of Extend Group. We talk about the word experience a lot on at 530 on Main. Mike builds the physical and designs that for all the senses. We work on consumer and cultural experiences here at Extend Group. And we said, why not have a community conversation around the word experience? It's a lot of fun. And we are blessed today to have Susan Washburn. She's the granted executive director. And we have Jeff Perdue, who is a granted board member. I've known Jeff for quite some time. This is one of the first times I'm, I'm able to, to meet and have a great conversation here with uh, Susan and what's going on in the community. So typically, as I was telling Jeff and Susan, I read these, these bios. These are amazing bios, and I butcher them almost every time. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, have Susan tell us about the Susan experience. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about Granted. Tell us um, how we walked into this room today. Wonderful. Well, thank you for having us, first of all. Um, My name is Susan Washburn. I'm the executive director of Granted. And I have been with the organization right at seven years. I've been in the nonprofit world for, oh gosh, close to pushing on 40, I guess, okay. 40 years. Um, I started with Granted, um, and it was still Wish Upon a Star. We've been serving the community since 1985. And um, what we realized was that, um, you know, we needed to make some uh, pretty substantial changes to um, grow with the times and to alleviate the confusion between us and Make-A-Wish. So uh, it has been a journey of restructuring and building a good solid foundation. And we, Jeff came to us at an amazing time uh, and we were poised for incredible growth and Jeff has been a huge part of that. Yeah, wonderful. Jeff? <laughs> well, first of all, I want to know how I ended up here because how I ended up here was I think I sent you a text or email recommending some uh, speakers to bring in here because I love your podcast. The yeah. next thing I know, you're like, well, you need to come in. I'm like, what are you talking about? I need to come <laughs> Absolutely. in. Absolutely. So I'm honored. I do listen to your podcast. I love it. And Susan and I are honored to be here. Uh, yeah. So Jeff Purdue, vice president of Bowen Engineering. So we're a construction company that works all over the country doing uh, energy and water and wastewater projects. So I've been with them for 33 years. 
And uh, so Purdue grad, proud Purdue grad, my boilers keep slipping in their NCAA seed. I think we're down to a four seed right now. But um, married my high school sweetheart. So I got, uh, I think we got four proms under our belt with me and Julie. (laughs) Uh, Four children, son-in-law, and uh, yeah, just loving life. So an honor to be a part of Granted and, and this young lady, Susan, underestimates what she's done to the organization. Uh, and I'm going to ask her to tell the story of the situation that Granted was in when you joined, because I think it's pretty incredible. Yeah, they were within three months of closing the doors. Okay. They had already set into motion that, um, you know, it was going to be better to just, you know, cut ties and leave the community. And with so much nonprofit background, I came into, I honestly, I'm going to be honest, I thought I was interviewing for Make-A-Wish. And I walked straight into 1985. And I looked around and was shell-shocked. And I went home and told my husband, "Mm, no, I'm not, I can't do this. And he talked me into at least trying to save it, utilizing my experience to try and save it. And it was supposed to be, in my mind, a very short term thing to just try and get it on the right path and it became a passion and now it's it's more than a passion it's it's basically my life and we're thriving we're we're at a fun time right now so how much was in the granted checking account when you took over um we got down to about two thousand dollars yeah hello there was months where i wouldn't pay myself because I refuse to be a draw on, you know, a drain on the organization, mm-hmm. and the children always come first. Yeah. They were doing between one, zero and one wish a year for years, and um, the first year that I was there, we did seven or eight, mm-hmm. and just last year, we, we approved 30, we completed 21, and this year, we're on track to beat that. Lovely. Lovely. I'm just, you know, I'm hearing that story. And yesterday I was in North Carolina, Robinson, North Carolina in the morning. And I heard uh, Bronson from Giant. He had a, he did a 20 minute like launch off, go have a great week kind of discussion. And so much of what you just said is he, he left us with the healthy entrepreneur, but that I turned it into the socialpreneur because it's, you know, it's about, Income or impact, and most of the time we're on one or the other. And we really, and I'm, I have this story coming, it'll be a, but it is, it's about income, impact, and sometimes we're way over here in impact and we forget that, you know, that income is a blessing and those things are, are really, really important. And as an organization, really being able to gauge your direction and being healthy socialpreneur or an entrepreneur or whatever it is that mindset of you know what this month i'm going to take i mean i really want to you know that story already is very very impactful in that you you were able to come in see it like hey you thought you were going to somewhere that you know everybody you know knows right Right. going to make a wish it's big and then granted and then all the of a sudden you opposite. look at it, boom, and the ability to stick it out, that, that's amazing. That is that is amazing, and it sounds like you are scaling up, and you have big things on the way. We do. Tell us a little bit about 
some of the future. Tell us, you know, before yeah. these future vo voices go into the future and what all the great things that are going to happen. <clears throat> tell us about some of the impact of of the organization, of what granted the services that are provided, and just tell us a story, if you would, about one of the recipients. Well, I, I think I, a great story to start with is just how it started. I love the story of how granted started. So simple. So you're okay. best equipped to do that, mm -hmm. Susan. Okay. So in 1985, two local residents, Carl Wallace and Carolyn Pathman, uh, they were approached by a family who had a little girl with a terminal cancer. And she wanted more than anything to go to Disney. And so they raised the funds and took the family to Disney. At the time, Make-A-Wish was in its infancy, but it was already spreading across the country. And they had planned on, when they got back to anything that was left, they would donate to that organization. Yeah. Um, but while they were on this trip, they, they did a lot of observing and thinking. And what they realized is that Yes, this little girl is having an amazing magical week at Disney and her family is having um, a wonderful time making memories to treasure, um, but the reality was Jamie was still dying and the family was still struggling on a lot of levels. So they decided to keep the funds and invest in our local children and families and, um, and that's how Wish Upon a Star started. And they, they ran the organization for quite a few years. And then it went through a, a good period of just mismanagement. And I don't think the heart and passion was there. But I'll tell you, the fact that when I walked through the doors and I saw, you know, you ask all the typical questions. So what's your budget? And, you know, how, how big is your database? And all that. And they're like... We, we don't have a database. You know, we've never, we've never asked anybody directly for money. And the fact that after, at the point, it, it was 30 years, they were 30 years old, and they were still surviving. I don't know how they survived, but there was no checks and balances, no policies, no procedures. Um, they were just flying by the seat of their pants. And the fact that, that they kept going is, is um, testament to the the soul of the organization mm -hmm. and the you know it, it speaks to me that we were meant to be here yeah so as you talk about make-a-wish you know because we know and that's kind of a national organization right mm -hmm. so what you know i always say in evansville if we've got a need for one then there's five and right. they're all cannibalizing each other mm -hmm. so what's your differentiator like as okay. granted for okay, this community so what makes us unique is that we do the same level of wishes. 80% of kids want to go to Disney, and everybody across the board gets the same Disney uh, trip because we all utilize uh, Give Kids the World, which is an amazing 89-acre uh, special needs resort in Kissimmee, Florida. So we all partner with them, and then they partner with Disney and, and a couple places for food and provide the lodging. Um, but what sets us apart is that we recognize, like Carolyn and Carl, that the families are still struggling. So we have a whole series of Beyond the Wish benefits. We have support groups, events throughout the year, uh, inclusive events. So we have Easter egg hunts that every child can participate in. We, we modify it for wheelchair kids, for kids who are blind. Everybody can participate. Christmas yeah. party. We have a Christmas party. Summer swim party. Mm -hmm. 
and um, and it goes on. We have um, even to the point where when a child does pass or is close to passing, um, a lot of times we will be notified um, because that's something that the families don't even, they're in denial until it's upon them. Right. And so we're there to help them through every step of the process. And if a child is born with their condition, they're not eligible for life insurance. So these families who had been struggling, um, they don't know how they're going to bury their child. So we, re we step in and help to get that completely uh, covered. Yeah. And we even plan the funerals if need be. Wow. That, that, is, uh, that is impact. Start, you know, <laughs> A to Z on the relationship there right. in, in that full experience. Right. Yeah. So as we talk about it, what, what does that word experience mean to you from, you know, from Susan's perspective and from Granted's perspective? Oh, gosh. One, two. Question one and then question two. Um, from, for you, what for, does that word mean to you? For me, experience means growth. And it, it, whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, you're never the same once you've been there and yeah. done that. Um, and for granted, it, it for me, that means hope and joy. Yeah. So how long is that process? So child is going to be a part of granted. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, is that years? Is that oh, goodness, one no. trip? Is it more than? No. So we do not have a waiting list. And um, each child is different, and we work on their schedule. So depending on their treatments, mm -hmm. their doctor's appointments or whatnot, um, normally the typical wish is three months from the first contact until they're on their trip. And that's yeah. generally because we're waiting on paper from doctors and, and that, you know, timing of the year they want to go you know when it's not too hot you know so we just mm -hmm. take a lot of things into consideration but we can and we have just this last weekend I was um, walking on the treadmill at 730 at night on Friday night because you know I have no life and uh, my phone rings and it was one of the moms and this was a little girl who was scheduled to go um, right before Thanksgiving to Disney and her cancer had relapsed and she got some devastating news on Friday afternoon, and the doctors told her, well, when they canceled her wish, they sent her to uh, Riley. No, mm -hmm. she's in Cincinnati. And it was a 42-week inpatient treatment process. So that means mom is with the, the child. Dad is trying to keep the ends together. There was three other siblings that were then scattered and sent with other relatives to live in other states. So I get this call on Friday night and start the process. So we pulled this all together. Um, you know, initially it was just three I'm gonna go. Then the next morning, after I had made all those arrangements, the next morning, well, dad can go now and one of the siblings um, can go. So then, you know, I went back to the drawing board and added them and got everything taken care of. Um, all through the wild, engaging the board over the weekend, getting everybody's approval. Right. And then, because uh, it's a process, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of um, considerations because we anticipate every need the child may have. 
So, you know, we take care of all of the transportation, all of the medical needs, because you can imagine, here's a little girl that, that, you know, the prognosis is not good. She's very sick. The doctor said, go home and spend time with your family. Mm -hmm. um, everything she could possibly need medical-wise, we anticipate and, and work with the doctors and the hospital and the parents and have it waiting for them when they arrive. But we were able to get all that together and um, on Sunday night, I almost left this the best part out, on Sunday night um, I get a call that the littlest girl who is with family in South Carolina, somebody had stepped up and offered their private jet to bring this little girl, hmm. five-year-old little girl, put her on the plane. Hadn't seen her sister in? Since November and flew her in to be with the family this week. So right now, they are all at Disney, having an amazing time. So normally three months, but we can do it in a couple days. <laughs> wow. If need be. If need be. The Wish Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> and you're with that individual all the way through, the whole family. And oh, beyond. Yes. And beyond, mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, that's, a, that's amazing. So, Mr. Purdue, how did you come to uh, find out about Grant? Great question. So the four of us have something in common. We are all LE Leadership Everyone yep. alumni. Susan's the most recent. So when I went through uh, the LE Leadership Retreat, which all four of us highly recommend, anybody listening, it is a must life-changing experience. So I went through the LE three-day leadership retreat in New Harmony in January of 2019. And a fellow classmate was Terry Barnes who, with Smith and Butterfield, who's the president of Granted. Okay. And so that's how we got to know each other. And Terry and I hit it off and she said, hey, I think you would be great for this board. So LE is what brought us together. Wonderful. So what does the word experience mean to you? So I will answer non-granted, um, just kind of for me, and I'm going to do it in three parts. Okay. So experience personally uh, is just say yes. So when I reflect back on my life and I look back with hindsight being 2020, um, the times where something came to me, an opportunity to join something, to meet somebody, to take on a new responsibility. And my gut says, there's no way in hell I want to do that or I'm prepared. But when I think back to the times that I said, I'm still going to go ahead and do it because maybe this is some divine intervention. But, you know, just seek out experiences. And when those experiences, which they have for all of us, when they land on your doorstep, take them. Even when your head and gut are telling you <laughs> not to, uh, take them. Because I think about the things, you know, one of the things that you and I got to work together on was Mickey's Kingdom. Absolutely. Which you guys were phenomenal on helping us do that. Um, but I remember someone came to me and said, hey, Jeff, uh, do you want to head up? fundraising for Mickey's Kingdom Playground with Ted Zemer. And I'm, I don't know anything about fundraising. So my initial answer was no and hell no. But uh, again, I said, you know, it must be something I'm being called to do. And I said, yes. And I just think about the chain of events and the people I got to meet and the experiences I got to do and how life-changing that was. So, you know, for personal experiences, it's just say yes when those things come across your desk. The other thing would be kind of when I think about my career, you know, when I think about internal experiences, culture, which you guys are both very big in, you teach about culture, yeah. but uh, I'm blessed to work at a company, Bowen Engineering, who has an incredible <laughs> culture internally with our employees and externally with our stakeholders. And man, when you work for a company or an organization that has great culture, it's, it's competitive advantage, it's, it's game changing. 
So just, you know, the importance and value of the internal experience of the company of culture is just, it's just, it's success or no success for me. 100%. Retention equals attraction. We always go out and we look for that next shiny thing. I tell a lot of organizations, and I was talking to Susan beforehand about, you know, after looking back after nearly 16 years, I've been in the industry 22, about how many beautiful rocket ships we've built that people really didn't know how to fly. And we've created probably more malpractice than we've done, you know, done good because what that dream often becomes a nightmare for that individual because they're like, I have this great idea for this app and, and I'm going to scale it and I'm going to make this and it's going to it's going to have this impact and all right well if you have a million you know users on that platform then you're probably going to need at least three or four developers you're going to need a sales force that are both B2B B2C you're going to need a marketing budget you're going to need not only to keep the existing you're going to have to innovate all those things and what do you mean I no, this is going to be five ninety nine a month, and I'm going to have a million users, and I make five point nine million, and right. we're going to go. No, you have like the first thing is how are you going to manage that? So now we walk them all the way back and say, tell me about your vision, tell me about your mission, tell me about your core values, tell me about your why, build that playbook out of that, and then really use all the giant tools to go. Okay, every one of this 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 dream you have has several steps along the way. Tell me who's going to own this step and you know what roles and responsibilities. How do they win? You know, how are you going to hold them accountable? All those things and then be able to eventually get to the game plan of now that we have that and the team starts to learn the vocabulary and all the tools that I just kind of went through quickly, then and only then can we move to the next step of okay, what's iteration 1 look like? 2, 3, 4 so that when we get under pressure, that natural tendency to just drive from, you know, typically it's a pioneer, connector, or creative that'll walk in the room and say, go, just go, like, let's just go. This is my vision, this is, let's, let's just knock this out of park. Let's make huge impact. And all of a sudden the impact is everybody around you is laying on the floor because you've just went like 80 hours. And right. you, mission accomplished, right, it launched, but there is no sustainability. Yeah, to that. Absolutely. So it's very, very, I mean, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. It really, it really does make a huge impact and a huge difference in the overall experience when you know those core things. And, and it sounds like granted is well on its way. One of the experiences that I've heard through the grapevine that you are creating to help build this future is is pretty unique. I have not heard of anything like it in Evansville. So tell me a little bit about this upcoming fundraiser that you have going on here in downtown Evansville. Yeah, so like Susan said earlier, we're very blessed. We're going through a lot of growth right now. The demand for our wish granting services has never been greater, especially with some of the restrictions the national wish granting organizations have. Uh, so we all got together as a board and we're like, you know, we need to do something that really kind of transforms our development, our funds so that we can meet the need. And uh, so I had approached Susan and Terry and said, hey, I want to kind of take on something that uh, could be really big, like multiple X of what we do. Uh, what do you think about that? And they were like, well, funny you should say that. Um, we have something in mind that we've tried several years ago and couldn't get it off the ground, and that is an urban repelling event. So Terry and Susan had already identified this great idea, and uh, 
we were just weren't able to find a building who would let people rappel down it. So uh, I took that on, put together a team, put together an awesome team. And uh, lo and behold, we go around to all the, the tall buildings in town and said, hey, what do you think about us having people rappel down your building? Yeah, we got a building. Can you imagine how those conversations went? <laughs> those were fun conversations. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the company that I honestly, just if I can be candid, did, thought would be the least to say yes was the, was the one that said yes. And that is Centerpoint Energy. And so we approached Centerpoint Energy. They were actually our last option. So we had exhausted every tall building in Evansville, which there's not many of them. And, you know, if Centerpoint didn't say yes, we were, we were nowhere. And uh, so we lucked out and had three executives from Centerpoint who said, you know what? Number one, they fell in love with Susan. They fell in love with the mission. <laughs> and they're like, why not? And they go, let us go talk to the corporate down in Houston and we'll get back to you. So we left that meeting thinking, yeah, right. Like, you know, good luck with that. Yeah. And about a month later, uh, Richard, Steve came back and said, guess what? We were, we sold it and we were told yes. So yeah, so April 30th, we've got uh, granted going over the edge. So it's an urban repelling event where anybody in our community who weighs 100 to 300 pounds can repel down the nine story Centerpoint Energy Building. Got an awesome website, and basically people go on, you pay a $75 registration fee, and then commit to raising an additional $925, so you will eventually, essentially raise $1,000 for granted, and you get to go over the edge. You didn't know about no, that? No. News to me. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I received a few text messages along the way. I don't like heights. It's not me. <laughs> I, I cannot go over the edge. I can't even get close to the edge. But I am I'll gifting many, many individuals. We appreciate uh, that. Yeah, to make that happen. It's uh, yeah. Is there besides fundraising any other competitions? Like I could imagine, like oh yeah, you know, like what's the who are the window cleaners at the children's hospital? Like <laughs> absolutely who has the best outfit. Well, that's that's, who that's has the best team. Outfit? It's funny you should say that, Mike. So one of the concepts we threw out there was to create teams, and we thought, yeah, yeah you know, we'll, we'll give people the option for teams. But the team concept has taken off. So we've got 19 teams. Uh, so right now we've got the repelling realtors, accountants, nurses, massage therapists, KISS fans, uh, police, <laughs> fire, uh, I know I'm, I'm missing a few, truckers, um, we had a gra grade school students, so we've got all these incredible teams competing with each other and they're just knocking out of the park. Yeah, and the key to that is always competition. Absolutely. Because they, the one bank doesn't like the other bank, and yep. they're going to beat them, and the hospitals go against each other. Absolutely. Once you get that competition Pride. going, it's, yeah, become money-making for the community. Yeah. So do you get to go first, or are you going last, <laughs> Susan? You know what? I'm in your camp. I yeah. am uh, I am the biggest cheerleader at the bottom, as people come at the back. Bottom. <laughs> All right. Love it. Yeah, the high five when they get done repelling down yeah that i heard that like i said to the grapevine i'm like man that is an amazing opportunity for everyone oh yeah we've already got 108 cool. people signed up so we uh we bought two rope stations initially from over the edge and we're shocked we're, we're gonna buy a third rope station which is the most rope stations we can have on the building safely so we'll have 138 spots and we've already sold i think close to 110. I was going to ask, I mean, at what point is it like a two-day event? Because I can see yeah. a lot of people in, That'd be a lot in our of, region signing up for that. A lot of people going down. Yeah. But even like I could see the parking lot 
being empty and you could have food trucks and people just come and watch and you should join our planning yeah, committee yeah. <laughs> we are we are we're, we're having an 80s band we're having food trucks face painting uh it's going to be phenomenal so we're excited we are turning into a street festival so yeah. you got this great vision that we, yeah. we need to tap into so yeah so i talked a little a little bit you told us your story are susan are you from the region evans like I am born here. Yep, I'm born and raised. So, so tell me, how has the, you know, the community experience really shaped you and your experience and getting you to granted? Oh goodness, I think that goes back to my children. I have two children, and they were both special needs, and I really struggled. This was back before there was internet, so you really had to rely on your physicians. And we had a lot of hurdles and um, learned a lot of lessons. And throughout my time uh, at the Evansville Museum, which is where I spent 29 years, um, I always knew in the back of my head I was going to help people. I've always been a fixer and a nurturer. Um, but I knew that at some point I was going to help people who had been through the situations that I had been through. When I was going through this with my children, I was completely isolated, um, polarized, because they were not seen, you know, the, and we battle this all the time at Granted, invisible illnesses. Um, if, if somebody looks normal and is completely not normal, then they're, you know, they're judged, they're... Um, looked down upon. So I think it, this has been in the works for quite a while, um, but you know, I just hadn't learned all the lessons I need to learn to carry over to, uh, to benefit granted. Yeah. Yeah. So how has this region impact, you know, impacted the growth for where you're at today? Yes. Being in so I grew up in uh, Washington, Indiana, hour north of here, which was an awesome community. I'm still very connected to the people there in that community. And so I grew up in a community that uh, everybody looked out for each other. Uh, you know, I had the ideal childhood in the 70s where I'm roaming the entire <laughs> town on my yeah. bike and, you know, had 15 kids in my neighborhood. Yeah. We're playing every sport year round. I mean, I had an idyllic child childhood. We didn't have, didn't come from a lot of money, but the childhood experience was unbelievable. And then ended up here in Evansville with uh, my company to start an office here. And what I remember about this community when we started here was just how welcoming everybody was. I was taken aback. I mean, I would have comp competitors. We're in, we're in the construction industry. I would have competitors reach out to me. I would have suppliers, subs, and I was really taken aback at just how this community reached out and wanted us to be successful. And... Um, so yeah, it was that. And then Ellie, Ellie, the retreat was transformative. I've always been a very caring person, but that was the, really the event that, he, that clicked for me when, when Lynn Miller Pease convinced me, strong-armed me, twisted my arm to go to the <laughs> retreat. And yeah. uh, that just set off a whole chain of experiences after that. Sounds familiar. Absolutely. I can remember, you know, that day and you're going, I'm like, what? No, <laughs> I'm not. Like, I, I, number one, I don't, quote, belong in that room, and there's a lot of people who need that. Don't have time. And she's like, I don't have time. I, you know, I am not going to, actually, I did sleep at the end. I didn't sleep at the, the barn. 
Um, no. I did, huh? I know. Were you a willing participant to the yeah, retreat? You were. I, you were ready to go. You no. went and you were all in. Well, I knew everybody was in. Yeah. Yeah. So I was. I was curious. I knew other people that went and told me their experiences just like this, and then I was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to do it." But yeah, I stayed. Mm-hmm. And that there was so much you gained after mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. Just hanging out with people and talking to people and interacting that staying at the end. This INTP had to you go missed back. half the experience. Did you have a COVID <laughs> retreat or did you have a stay the night retreat, Susan? We had a stay the night. You were at New Harmony? Yes. Awesome. You have to stay at New I Harmony. I stayed at the very end until I mean everybody was going to bed, but it took everything I had. I was I was basically sprinting to my room to get a moment of quiet because I just I, I <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm an, an extrovert, but I'm very much an introvert. Like I need that time. Recharge. Re- recharge, yeah. refresh, recenter, go, okay, process everything. Melissa will tell you when I come home from like days of what I just yeah. went through, it's just. That's interesting. I would have never guessed that about you. I'm 100% introvert. Did not know that. We are exactly the same. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. I can go, I can go three days in a row where it's. Go in networking events and you're talking to people and you're doing all that and then come Friday or Saturday and I'm like, okay, I'm watching two movies. I'm not getting off. Like, leave me alone. I need Your to whole world. I need to get back down. recentered. Yes, yeah. it but, is. It, it's a break. Yeah, you, but I am curious though because you brought up the c word. You guys, I know from a national organization that it really impacted, shut down everything. Mm-hmm. How did it affect you guys? How did how did you? Yeah, so we actually only completed three wishes uh, in 2020, and those were non-travel wishes. And we had planned planned, close to 20. Right. So, but what happened was the Beyond the Wish Benefits portion of what it is we do, we helped so many families, dozens, with food, with um, gas cards to get to their doctor's appointments and treatments out of state. So we focused more on beefing up the extra part of what it is we do. Which was a blessing in disguise. Yes, so just last year we provided, well helped to provide full Christmas for 32 families. And, and you know, dozens uh, of people who needed help and gas and and that's just an ongoing need that these families have. We also did the uh, caravan, which was awesome. So a lot of these kids are already, a lot of these WISH children are already isolated because of their health and how at risk they are. And then that just got complicated by COVID. So these kids wouldn't have any interaction. So Terry or Susan or someone on the board had the brilliant idea, let's go out and do a caravan to all these families. Well, we have we have wish kids within 100 miles, so they're all over the place. So I think we did three or four different weekends mm-hmm. and just had volunteers from the community, truckers, big trucks, motorcycles, police, fire trucks, and we would do caravans and people would take signs and go by the wish kids and honk, and so that was a cool experience. Mm-hmm. So how does that, how does that, in, you know, we were talking about culture earlier, and our company probably went the reverse route in culture, <laughs> helping build culture and helping make a positive impact, but how does the experience of someone participating in Granted, do they come back? Do they come back to support you? Do we they just come back to, to be a part of the organization? We just have to get them one time. Uh-huh. Once you touch the mission, mm-hmm. and once you meet a child, they, you're hooked. 
they are amazing little humans and um, they show the appreciation and the love I mean it's true love when they meet you and they know that you have good intentions um, they immediately love you hug you um, you know and just welcome you into the family and you become family so then once you're family then, like Jeff said, you're hooked, and we drag you into everything we do. Perfect example is Miss um, Ellie Jane. So Miss Ellie Jane is a wish child that we're using for our Over the Edge of the event. She is our ambassador, our poster child, if you will. So you'll see Ellie Jane everywhere on social media and video to promote. We want to tell the story of Granted through Ellie Jane. But you have this young lady who, when you listen to her story from her and her parents and what she's gone through and the number of surgeries. And, but then you meet her in person and you just see the sheer joy and love that radiates from her. And you just think about what she's going through that she still chooses to smile and engage and be happy and giggle and laugh and, and run. It's uh, it just, it motivates you and inspires you and it takes you to your knees. That's for sure. Absolutely. So, Mike talked about COVID and in that experience and very, I mean, so you're a, you're a hands-on experience, right? Like you can, you're about making the connections in the room. How has digital helped you spread your message? Well, being small and coming from a zero budget, um, we relied completely. We had no marketing budget and we still don't, as a matter of fact. We rely on word of mouth, and Facebook has been the the biggest um, blessing for us because these moms are stuck at home or in the hospital with their children, and um, they gravitate towards each other. So there's groups for kids with Chiari or kids with cancer or spina bifida or whatever it is. And what's interesting is, you know, um, very few of them just have one thing. So you have a child with, um, you know, Chiari malformation, well, then they're also going to have, for the most part, um, um, hydrocephalus. And then there's another group for that. So it's yeah. like one mom can be in four different groups. And whenever they experience us and uh, our benefits, then they tell everybody they know. Yeah. Because they're just blown away that somebody truly cares and is truly there for them for the right reasons building community through it yeah mm -hmm. it's like it's like waves that go out mm -hmm. what you want to go to the yeah as an architect and I, I always throw in this question of how what's a space you know we're, we're talking about a lot of personal connections and emotion behind that but what's a what's a space or what brings up a memory where you've been that makes you emotional, that gives you that same experience. Can I just say our office? So our office is an incredibly emotional space. It is, it's where we cry happy tears. We cry sad tears all the time. And I, I jokingly say, I need to put a sign on my door that says, enter at your own risk, <laughs> because it's a good chance I'm crying, but you know, it's, it's okay. Um, but there is as much joy that happens in there, in that space, as there is sadness. And it is a humble space. <laughs> <laughs> We're blessed to be there. 
We are blessed to be there. Mm-hmm. But it is a physical space. You know, one of our questions was how physically you're connecting with people through that environment. Like your, yeah. your culture is creating that environment, but the physical space also creates the environment. It's similar to, you know, architecture. And, you know, we always worry about the end user. It's always about the end user, end user, because ultimately without people, they're just, they're just an empty building sitting there. The people is what makes the building alive, brings it to life, and we have to make the building encompass what, you know, the feelings and the experience you want to have inside. Yeah, and if you walk in the Granite office, to your point, Mike, you can be standing in that space for 2.6 seconds and you feel the mission and you get it. It doesn't take mm-hmm. long to step in that space to understand, oh, this is what this is about. And you're right. Spaces are incredible how they can can do that and, you know, connect to your core values or your mission, yeah. or your purpose. It's it's powerful. I, I take my hat off to people like you who do what you do. It is an incredible gift uh, for people who do that. Yeah. yeah. But it's not just me. And, you know, there's there's lights to consider. There's even from Sean's perspective, how do you build a big digital billboard? Or do you have a backdrop? Yeah. How do you integrate graphics even or photo photography? And and that also contributes to the space, the furniture, everything. So it takes yeah, a team. And make it look seamless. Yeah. Uh, it's not like just the monitor on the wall or whatever. How do we, you know, take that friction down of that room and incorporate it to change mood, change environment, change tone, uh, color all of it, and be able to use the tech to once again frictionless, frictionlessly do that, like the ability to go from a blue to a mm-hmm. you know a green to a, a red or an orange and do that quickly and you know that sets the tone absolutely i'll put this out there along that topic it's a great topic so the granted board we just went through our strategic planning mr tad dickel who is incredible local uh, genius here facilitated our strategic planning sessions and um one of the things, one of the strategic initiatives was down the road is this new granted space. What would our new space look like as we grow? Because we are growing. And uh, that's exciting just to, you know, mm-hmm. not even to have it or to be able to afford it, but to be thinking about it. That in itself is exciting about uh, just thinking about the space, even though right now we can't afford it and we don't know what it would look like or be at. But it's a fun process to go through. It is. Yeah. Because you all want to tie back to your mission, right? Mm-hmm. You, that's what you want and to be an environment. What's your space? Um, my space is not as uh, heartwarming as Susan's. I can't top that. I wish I would have went first. But mine is <laughs> any baseball field or any baseball stadium. So I have always been in love with the game of baseball. Played it my whole life through college, coaching it. And uh, for me, the game and, and any baseball field, it's just connection really connection with my dad with my siblings my friends so i mean it is an emotional experience for me just to step on a baseball field or a beautiful stadium so and you still participate i still tell do. us about it so i played in college at purdue and i've been a lifelong lifelong cardinals fan so about 10 years ago i went to cardinals fantasy camp so um and i've just went my third time so i went twice 10 years ago took a hiatus to put four kids through college. My wife did not see the value of spending money to go to <laughs> fantasy camp where we had four yeah. kids to go to college. But uh, so finally we've, we've got that. And yeah, it's, it's uh, an incredible experience. So I'm down there in Jupiter, Florida, like a week before the, the real baseball players show up for spring training from like a Wednesday to Sunday. 
and the Cardinals, like anything, it's first class. So you're, you're there with Lou Brock, Bob Gibson, Ozzie Smith, Ted Simmons, all these incredible Hall of Famers, and the fellow campers. So, yeah, it's a pretty incredible experience. And then I come back, then I come back and go see Dr. Saltzman and get my knee drained, and then I'm ready next year. <laughs> yeah, I was on Next Level. That's where my son goes for all of his training. And, Kip Schultz. Know, Kip, I'm flying through social, and I'm seeing kids ring the bell because their exit velocity is going up or their uh, velocity on pitching is going up. And then I, I see, there's Jeff. <laughs> oh, it's Cardinals. Fan it, yeah. All right. So Kip had me I, dialed in. He did. He did. Absolutely. So as we start to, we are already fifty-two minutes in. It goes really. Fast. It does go fast. You guys are good at what you do. It yeah. Goes fast. So uh, when you think about overall brand experiences, who's doing it right today? Like what brand person, organization, who has the most authentic touch? You go first on this. All one. right. So I, like I say, I listen to your podcast, and I agree with all the previous people, which is what Chick Fil A, <laughs> love Chick Fil A, Salesforce, CRM, Apple products, and I agree yeah. with all those. But the one that I use most every day is that I love, and this may surprise you, but it's Orange Theory Fitness. So I joined Orange Theory Fitness late last year, and it's a nation nationwide uh, fitness uh, facility. But locally, Tyson and Whitney Martin have the one in Evansville, and it's incredible. I mean, just not only the space, which you walk in, it's, it's orange, and, you know, just <laughs> this experience from just walking in, but also the experience of when you walk in and the people at the front desk, and they, they know your name or they're going to be pleasant. I mean, it's the same Chick-fil-A customer service, mm -hmm. you know, the app they use to sign up for your workouts and track your workouts. So for me, it's Orange Theory Fitness. Hi. We intentionally stay off one more. It's probably the one I need the most, but my wife is like, no. You have this, you have this, you have this, you have this. I'm like, yeah, but that one. If I only Dave had and, this one yeah, more. Dave, yeah, if I had that one, the 5 a.m. Come, come to a workout with me. Yeah. Come to one. See? And You'll be hooked. That's what everybody says. It's, no. It, it, is, uh, it, it is a cult. We and, did the, uh, as we did the, over the, right before I left, we, had a conversation about intentionality and the number 168. It's what we have and how we use it. And it's almost that what, what you said, say yes, but you have to be very cognizant of saying no as well, because we have 168 hours a week. There you go. And I put it like we were at church and there was some, we came out of church and there was some accidental things that were happening at home and some conversations that started popping up and I'm like <laughs> come down here and I brought out a bunch of tools that we all put up on the screen that were on my phone connected at the Apple TV I said 168 start start with the number 168 yeah. and I said put your baseball in there put your studies in there put this sleep workout workout all these things so when I did that I would like to say I was 100% healthy but I was I was actually borrowing time from someone that I didn't have. So Orange Theory is on the list to replace one of those things one day maybe. <laughs> I cannot get there with my current 168. It's okay. I already teach that to my five-year-old. Really? <laughs> he, he'll stay late at Grandma's. When he comes home, he wants to do the same routine like if I came home from work. Like, no, dude. <laughs> it's 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. We got this to get. No. 
you chose to go to grandma's. That there's consequences. There's, you know, you're, that means you don't have time tonight for all that other stuff. Yeah. What, what's your brand product? What are you thinking? Well, actually, I mean, it's not on the same level as Jeff's, but um, the what first came to my mind is Planet Fitness. And that's where I frequent. And I frequent that because it speaks to me as a slightly over middle-aged woman that, you know, doesn't have much time, doesn't have um, a Could lot be at of, weird hours. Could be. It, it definitely is at weird hours. And it's welcoming and it's non-threatening. And it's like they do everything well to make sure that you're comfortable there. Yeah. Good. Um, what's one thing that you're looking for in 2022? Looking forward to, like one, one experience. Vacation. When's that? <laughs> well, when we finish here, I'm headed to uh, Florida for a long weekend. Um, but in doing what what I do and being the personality that I have, I can't take a day off and just stay at home because that does it does not work. I don't shut down. I only shut down when I am out of state, preferably on the beach. Yeah. We're at what part? Well, we like, when we want to just relax and, you know, just recharge, we go to Navarre Beach. Okay. Because it's very quiet and peaceful. Um, but then later on in the summer, we love an active vacation, and so we go to Sanibel. Okay. Both of those. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your experience? Rappelling, where are you going? Uh, I am looking forward to July. We're going to St. George Island, Florida. So every other year for 20 plus years, my wife's family, we've all gone to St. George Island, Florida, which is between Tallahassee and Destin. It's a barrier island. And we, there's like 26 of us, rent a house, all of us in the same house for a week. <laughs> and you talk about experiences we've had over the 20 plus years we've been going. So, I mean, it's, you know, just the relationships that cousins get to have with each other sure. and aunts and uncles. It's, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, what are you guys looking forward what to? Gonna, what are we looking forward to this year? I'm actually, after missing a, missing last year, I'm looking forward to actually sitting in the stands and truly watching high school baseball. I mean, last year, you know, my son, has he was in it since he was five and worked really, really, really hard and went through it and missed a majority of his, like the thing that he worked for, his freshman season, had to sit out as a DH because of an elbow issue. And I'm just ready to sit and be the biggest fan for for my son and actually go out and help coach my daughter and, and just, you know, be a dad. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you, Mike? Warm weather. <laughs> I'm a warm weather person, pool junkie. But, yeah, for my... We're just starting vacations with my son, so he's uh, to start to travel, start to go places, and start to build those like you know experiences that you guys already had. So looking forward to that. And can we do a shout out to the class of 2020 high school seniors, the COVID oh senior class? <laughs> yes. So I do senior <laughs> pictures on the side, and so I gotta meet a lot of those kids and. I'm just blown away about how those kids dealt with that. I can't imagine being a senior in high school 
and having all those experiences taken away from you and you'll never get them back. But just tip of the hat to those kids and how they dealt with that. And uh, it's made them stronger. But, man, I, don't, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah, thank wow. you for bringing that up. That is, well, It's not even high school. Now it's transitioning into college, right? Because all the right. seniors that get an extra year, now there's less spots on teams. Impacting. It impacting. Domino. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So how do Wait. the listeners? Go ahead. Card deck? We're going to do that? No. You know what? We're going to start going what? over there. Come on. You are the do you get like a drum roll it, or a yeah. big crescendo? I find it, you, you get to execute it. Okay? Yeah, I execute it, but you, you, you got to explain I'm always it. I'm kind of like, what's next? And, okay, there you go. You found it. Yeah, I did find it. It's pod deck. What's been the toughest question so far? What's How been? would you like to, to die. die? Or where yeah, would you like that. What is your ideal funeral? Or <laughs> yeah, something like, like that. Yeah. yeah. How would you like to be buried or something? Yeah. Susan? <laughs> <laughs> but then there was like an easy one, like, what's your favorite? Flavor of ice cream. Or something like that, I thought something easy. Yeah, I was like, really? That's way too easy. That's. <laughs> I don't know. You can make that question all kinds of complicated. There was a conversation on a podcast that I listened to. Uh, literally, it was okay. Before you answer that, think about this question: What is chocolate Good cake? One. Good one. What? Yeah. What is chocolate cake to you? It's this is way off base. It's good. How do you define chocolate cake? Heaven. <laughs> we have some creatives in the room. I love it. How, like, if you were to say, I want a piece of chocolate cake, what would you want delivered? Oh, I don't know. Just deliciousness. Okay. And with a large glass of white milk. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. There is a debate. And this is from Eric Thomas's podcast, literally about is chocolate cake a chocolate based cake or can it be yellow cake with chocolate icing? Which one is chocolate cake? I'm not chocolate that base. smart. Chocolate based <laughs> because that's the cake. The icing. Uh, there is, is a two huge, different parts. It is like sway cake 50 is two 50. different parts. There's the cake and then there's the icing. <laughs> To even think about answering that question hurts my brain and it distracts from the joy of eating chocolate cake. So I refuse to answer. Yeah, so what's a caramel cake? What's, yeah. So you said, yeah. yeah you said so chocolate cake. It's chocolate cake with chocolate icing. Right. That was, I was listening. I'm like, that is a great question. So chocolate cake experience. If you're going to have that delivered, what do you expect to show up? I thought you were I thought you were going my memory. I thought you were going the opposite way. Sorry, we're going off way off base now, but there's a YouTube video of a guy. Okay. That has he's teaching his kids about instructions, being clear communicators. Yeah. And he says, Okay, write down instructions to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. And it is the most hilarious video you'll ever right. watch. Because he literally does what it says, and he'll be like, get two pieces of bread. Okay. They're like Get peanut butter. He gets peanut butter. And they're like, put peanut butter on the bread. He puts the peanut butter on the bread. And he's like, is that what you wanted? And they're like, take it. And they go back. And then they're like, now take the knife. Put the peanut butter on the knife. Yeah. Put the knife on the bread. And he's like, okay, am I done? They're like, no. And that's real life. <laughs> yeah. That happens. Exactly. And you know, <laughs> At work, industry, every day. Yeah. Exactly. In our industry, it's like, you have to, you can't just assume they yeah. know what you're talking about you got to be clear but it, yeah anyways just made me think of that oh, like God, i thought great. i thought you were going to say when you order a chocolate cake well i got i need flour and i need eggs no. and i need 
it's just Sorry. what is chocolate cake to you? Yeah, it's there is a big debate on this particular podcast, and there's a survey out there and everything, and and it was almost split right down the middle of that it could be yellow cake with chocolate icing or chocolate base with chocolate icing. Mm-hmm. I could not believe it. I it blew. I was like, I was kind of like you. I'm like, no, it's chocolate base with chocolate, whatever, whatever kind of icing. But no, there's a whole <laughs> different mindset around that question. So, all right, okay, what's sorry. the question? Be nice, Susan. Okay, the question is, what do you value most in your friends? Go ahead. Okay, well, um, besides sense of humor and loyalty, um, I value understanding. And that comes from a place, you were saying that you're introverts. I'm very much an introvert as well. Mm-hmm. And um, after, I don't want to say dealing, after working with families all day that are in such stressful situations, I carry that. So there are times when I go MIA for, you know, uh, there are many nights I go home from work and stare at a, a wall because I just need to decompress. <laughs> and so my friends understand that, you know, they may not hear from me for they don't judge you for that. They don't judge they me. They still accept you. And they can call me and I'll just say, you know, hey, I, I just need I need a minute. And they will just back off and wait for me to be ready. That's awesome. The trait that I most value in my friends is forgiveness. That's what came to my mind because I am a very imperfect person. And kind of like you, I can insult people or offend people or they'll misunderstand me. So I appreciate people who get the whole me. Uh, flaws included, uh, and still accept and love me. So it's forgiveness for me. Oh, I'll answer. Yeah, mine's mine's more probably experience based because I, I agree with all what you guys say too, obviously. But mine's more, you know, just friends. Okay, it's my time to be with you guys. Don't bring up work. Don't bring up politics. Like let's just hang out. Let's have a good time and enjoy being around each other. And doing things together, you know, like Saturday night, we're going to go watch IU win. Uh, oh. oh, man, he didn't. Oh, it took him a minute. <laughs> but no, I've got a standing bet with all my <laughs> IU friends for the past 10 years. Loser has to dress up as the other team's cheerleader, and oh, that nice. offers on the table, Mike. <laughs> no, but we, uh, you know, it's just hang out and enjoy the evening and be in the moment. You know, and that's what I need from my friends. Because those topics are divisive and yeah. they can cause friendships. <laughs> It can. I have my friendships. We have to. We have to have an open mindset. Uh, we have to have a we mindset, like as a community. Uh, I've been around a lot of conversations and had a lot. You know, a lot of one to three conversations instead of one to two. We have to be direct. Um, like we have to know that. Um, it's about making the community better and not just about one or the other position. We, we have to understand that we, we can have this conversation and we may not be in agreement, but we have to build to the middle. There has to be some understanding for me today to go, all right, I have to ask three questions to get three questions deep why we're having this conversation. 
because it typically does come back to self and family. Mm -hmm. Like this is impacting me or I'm having this conversation. Like really it's just no side. Like we have to be authentic and we have to, if you're upset with someone, like carry that, carry that to that person. You know, I'm going to be a firewall anymore. And I'm going to ask three questions. And then if it's really impacting you, or is it, oh, no, it's impacting my son or it's impacting my daughter in this thing. And no, stop. I, I, I can't. Take your monkey back. I can't. Yeah, that's not mine. <laughs> Please do not give me that. That's why I was one of the other podcasts that said, you know, when you leave something, it's scripture. But take care. No, we are not to take care. We are to pass care. Right? We are to move it to a higher. Like, you take that up with someone. That is not. For me to carry, Absolutely. I already have enough. Absolutely, and I need people around me that that are Honor thinking that. that way. Yeah, yeah. So that's very important to me. Thank See, you. Now, I while you're sitting there, I'm thinking about yeah. If you want to make that bet, like <laughs> if you really want to make that bet, I do want to make what, that bet, and I'll give you, I'll what, give you eight points. No, the only way I'm doing that is final game, both okay. in the top ten. I okay, we could probably make that bet, but I'll, I'll give you nine points. That might be like. <laughs> What? Never. <laughs> At this rate. I want IU to do well. They've got a great coach. I feel so bad for my IU friends. Yes, I said that. But uh, it's good when both teams are really good. It is. So, and it's not been that way for a while. But I think it's going to be there soon. Well, and, and Butler. and If you get all four teams being good, that Crossroads Classic Absolutely. is even better. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do the listeners connect with you? Granted. We Both have, personally and professionally. Okay, we yeah. have a website, and that's uh, grantedtristate.org. We have a very active Facebook page, and that is also Granted Tristate. Um, we post a lot of wishes and a lot of events that we're doing. So we have all the social medias, but Facebook is the one, because we're small, um, that's the one we can focus on. Okay, yeah. And I would also say, maybe speak to a couple of board positions we have open, some things we're looking at for open board positions. Mm, absolutely. Um, well, we, like we've been talking about, we are growing and we're strategically um, trying to grow our board. And so we currently need a social worker and media. And media, right. Um, and well connected workers. So I've been around a lot of boards, and I have never seen a board that operates like this. Yeah. Our board is 100% hands-on. They take over a lot of duties to free me up to work with the families, um, and they just roll up their sleeves. If I need help transporting a family to the airport, airport. then they'll show up and drive the vans. Uh, they help with fundraisers. They, they are definitely hands-on crew. So we need people that are workers and have heart and compassion. Love it. Yeah, and lastly, I would say if you're crazy and an adrenaline junkie like me and you want to sign up to rappel down a nine-story <laughs> building, go to our website, which is O-T-E, the number four, granted.com. So O-T-E, which stands for over the edge, the number four, granted.com. And reach out to me if you have any questions. And uh, especially all you rock and roll fans that want to dress up like Kiss or Van Halen or Motley Crue and rappel down a building. 
how do listeners connect with you? Uh, so best way would be Facebook. Yeah, I'm pretty big on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, so just connect with me there and that'd be awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, at 530 on Main, uh, all the listeners out there, uh, please continue. We are now getting recommendations. You know, Jeff sent me one. I need to follow up with that one. Jeff's here today. Because of that, we've had multiple other individuals here on the podcast now due to recommendations. And absolutely, thank you for that. Like, share it. If you like the message, please get it out. Uh, it's meaningful to us. We enjoy this conversation. I enjoy spending an hour with Mike talking about community and, and everything, creative experience around it. So this is the At 530 on Main podcast in the Extension Studio, brought to you by BPS Architecture Extend Group. Once again, Jeff, Susan, thank you so much. Mike, thank you. Till next time, yeah. At 530 on Main. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.